This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, girl, hi. Hey, hey, hey. You having some mic trouble there? <laughs> I, I am. I was trying to get it like to where to where it would stop falling on me. Sorry. That seems important for it to not fall on you while you're recording. I know. I know. I know. So anything new other than the fact that your kids have already started school and mine have not? <laughs> my kid. Oh my gosh. Last week was hectic. Um, not really. No, it's just kids started school. I was very like oddly pleased with how they took it like I thought you know they hadn't been back since the spring break before last they were all virtual last year so they hadn't been at school for a long time and they were surprisingly okay with getting up early and going so that was good (laughs) you know my kids went to school like other than when it was shut down for just the little bit of time it was from COVID or whatever but like Mm -hmm. it's funny that you say that because I expect my kids to be not as easy to wake up I, I didn't <laughs> think mine would be at all but they were yeah but that's just how mine are all yeah. together they're like me they don't like they don't like <laughs> woke up see Aiden my oldest will like wake up just fine but the other two do not and with my youngest starting school this year yeah that's gonna be interesting for sure it's gonna be real interesting yeah because I have to make her look like a girl, so she has to get up. <laughs> to make her look like a girl. Like, I have to actually, you know, do her hair. She can't just go to... She can't just, just roll out of bed. And... She rolled out of bed. That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> yeah, because she's got some some crazy hair in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun trying to get her to get up. It's so. going to be a treat. <laughs> um. So this week is my week. We did skip last week. Um, It was just a crazy week last week. It was, it was a really crazy week with everything, school starting for you. And there was just a bunch of stuff going on at work for myself. Um, So, so sorry about that, but sorry, Uh, we did release our bonus episode. Um, So all the Patreon listeners, if you guys um, totally forgot about it, it's out there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) well I mean forgot about it because it was the last day of the month I know that's that's how I roll apparently we're we're gonna get better we're gonna get better (laughs) we will we had to make sure that we recorded for it um even with our crazy busy week but anywho so this week is my week I am doing a somewhat um very well-known type case yeah she had mentioned before we started recording she's like I think you're gonna know this one it's pretty well known I, I so I'm do. interested to, to hear what it is. So with this case being pretty well known, well, for myself, at least, um, it's going to be something that nobody knows, but you, <laughs> You're like, it's I know, so well known. I know, I know. I was sitting here like for me anyways, <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. So this is the case, um, of Travis Victor Alexander and his okay. stalker girlfriend, <laughs> Jody Arias. Okay. You don't know it? I don't know. I need to hear more. Okay. Okay. So Travis was born on July 28th, 1977 in Riverside, California. Um, he lived with his parents up until he was 11 years old. And then after his father's death, um, him and his siblings were taking, taken in by their paternal grandmother. Okay. Um, so Alexander, I should probably call him Travis instead because Alexander is also a first name. (laughs) Oh, okay. Travis. (laughs) So their paternal grandma, grandmother was, um, 
thought that's what you were gonna say <laughs> she was she was pretty uh religious okay. she ended up like introducing them to the church of jesus christ and the latter-day saints they grew up going to this church and when he got older he became a salesman for this multi-level marketing company, which was called Prepaid Legal Services. Okay. And he was also a motivational speaker. So like he was a pretty great guy. Like he didn't live in a really shitty situation or anything. Even, even like when his grandmother took him over, you know, took custody and all that stuff. Like he grew up in a good situation even after you know losing a parent okay um so Jody Ann Arias she was born on July 9th 1980 also in California she and Alexander actually met in September of 2006 at a prepaid legal services conference um she, she, was and, also she and Travis are we calling him Travis or Alexander <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry. I wrote Alexander <laughs> because I'm so used to writing the last name. So let me go through that. Travis. I'm going to confuse so many people. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so her and Travis, they met at this um, conference, right? It was, it was in Las Vegas, Nevada, and um, they hit it off. Okay. So a couple months later on November 26, 2006, Jody was baptized into the Latter-day Saint faith by Travis okay and and they just kept talking and getting along and they really liked each other so on February 2nd 2007 they were officially a couple they weren't a couple for very long though like she became super controlling she became yeah um basically crazy she became pretty crazy (laughs) okay Um, so the two ended up breaking up June 29th, 2007. So the same year they were only together, you know, a few months. Okay. Well, um, Travis started talking to his friends about how Jody was stalking him. Mm-hmm. She would follow him everywhere. She was like slashing his tires. Oh, that's a little bit more than stalking girl. Oh yeah. No, it definitely escalated escalated (laughs) (laughs) definitely escalated there was just like so many different instances that like it was just not a good time um she was a very jealous person he was like I am not having a good time (laughs) not a good time very jealous um so we're just kind of gonna get right into it it's gonna be a little rocky so trigger warning for everything for everything (laughs) okay so um Travis had scheduled a trip to Cancun. Okay. Okay. Um, he was excited to go. He. I'm assuming she knew about this trip. She knew about this trip. So he was excited to go. He had made it very clear. Like he was going on this trip to his friends, mm-hmm. his roommates, all this stuff. Like he, he lived a very private life because of his religion, you know? Right. Like very religious, but like he at least told them where he was going to go. Right. He had a trip. He was excited. And he was one that didn't miss work or anything either. So he had missed an important conference call on the night of June 4th, 2008. Okay. And it was supposed to be at seven o'clock and he wasn't on it. Well, on June 9th, having been, you know, unable to reach Travis, people from the prepaid legal services Mm -hmm. decided, well, we're going to come to his home and check on him because that's very unlike him right to be missing for five days <laughs> right he doesn't just not come up you know come to a conference call or not show up to work so right uh his roommates actually said he they were like hey he's out of town and he like that's the last he was supposed to I thought he'd talk to you guys about it and they were like yeah well he did but there he said he would still be on these conference calls so we were cool with him being out of town, but right. So his roommates were like, okay, well, let me see if I can find Travis's master bedroom key because he kept everything locked up, you know? Oh, okay. So after searching, they found the key and they walked into his master bedroom. And when they entered, they noticed large pools of blood 
oh, in the hallway that led to the master bathroom. And okay. when they walked into the master bathroom, they found his body in the shower. Man. Yeah. So it was, it was discovered. His body was discovered in the shower. His throat had been cut as oh, well, no. as well as he had been shot in the head and stabbed multiple times. Oh shit. Okay. Um, there has been a lot so that's of going like, to be not a suicide. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not going to be calling that a suicide. Not. Definitely not. There had been a lot of conflicting reports over like the number of stab wounds too. Okay. And um, like some of the reports said that there was 29 and most of them said that there was 27, but um, basically when- Close to 30. Either yeah, way. there was over 20. There was over 20 stab wounds. So yeah, it's a lot. It was. The medical examiner actually testified that his jugular vein- and his carotid artery and windpipe had all been slashed. Ugh. So definitely not a suicide. I would say that it is not. And he had um, defensive wounds on his hands too. Okay. So everybody just assumed that he had left without saying bye to everyone? Um, yeah, it was, I don't know that, <laughs> I don't know that he didn't say goodbye to them. Like he had told them like he was leaving. So right. So just thought that he was maybe just, they, just that and they knew what day he was leaving and that was his goodbye I don't I don't yeah I have no clue yeah um also the medical examiner does testify later that they they believe that he may have actually been dead at the time of the gunshot to the head too I was going like, to ask if you knew which one if if they knew which which was the what he died of was it the stabbing was it the gunshot was it the throat it was the the slashing of the throat is what they believe so they think he Um, was already dead when he was shot yes that's what the medical examiner says they they testify that he may have already been dead at the time of the gunshot because um they believe the actual cause of death was when he was throat was cut yeah yeah that is um a very angry, angry person very to do all of that. Person. So the 911 call um, that the roommates ended up making, you know, they notified the police of the discovery and they mentioned an ex-girlfriend. Okay. Um, they mentioned that Travis had been talking about how Jody had been stalking him. He had, how she had hacked into his Facebook account. She had slashed his tires um, she was basically everywhere that he was and that they were like, you should check, check into her. They were like, that's super suspicious. You should probably like look into that. <laughs> right. So on May 28th, um, which was prior to the death, you know, him being mm-hmm. found on June 9th, a, a burger, burglary, <laughs> a burglary, a burglary. <laughs> um, had actually occurred at the residence of Jody's grandparents, which she lived in, like she lived with her grandparents at the time. Okay. So Um, where she was living got broken into. And it just so happened that a 25 caliber gun and other objects were taken too. So you mean like a burglary with like air quotes? A burglary. Okay. (laughs) Burglary. (laughs) Well, um, the gun was never recovered. Hmm, how about that? It was never recovered. Yeah, it was never recovered. And the prosecuting, the prosecuting, <laughs> prosecutor, <laughs> prosecutor. <laughs> the prosecutor in the trial actually argues that the burglary was staged by Jody. Why are words so hard for you right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they're so hard. <laughs> um. So anyways, so the, prosecu- the prosecutor said that she staged the burglary. I'm for now I'm going to be calling it that. <laughs> uh, okay. So several days before the trip um, that was planned, you know, Jody so she thought, had, I'm sorry. She thought everybody was going to believe that her house got burglarized. This gun got stolen. And then this guy that she was stalking happened to get killed by the same type of gun or shot by the same type of gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, this isn't even all. So like several days before the trip, 
that, you know, Travis had scheduled to go to, mm-hmm. Jody had repeatedly contacted her ex-boyfriend, Daryl Brewer. Um, yes, I said that right. I said it right. <laughs> Brewer is really slow. <laughs> I love the brewery is one of my favorite words because it makes everybody sound like brewery. Tom broke off. <laughs> brewery. <laughs> well, she, she kept contacting him and she, when she got a hold of him, she had asked him if she could borrow two five gallon gas cans for a trip to Arizona what? that she was going to take. <laughs> yes. What? Stop well, at the gas station like everyone else. No. <laughs> fucking right. Well, of course, you know, Daryl's like, sure, whatever. Well, the cans were not returned to him. And receipts presented at the trial showed that Jody had purchased a third five gallon gas can, sunblock, facial cleaner, all at a Walmart in California on June 3rd, which was the day, the day before. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did she need so many gas cans? Girl. Girl. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Girl. Okay. So it was really weird, like, for her to want that, right? <laughs> You're so like, so it was really evening, weird. <laughs> I put that in there. <laughs> that <was really> weird. <laughs> so that evening at an Arco gas station in Pasadena, California, she had purchased 8.3 gallons of gasoline with her debit. Um, card and four minutes later purchased 9.59 gallons of gas with cash now which was again weird but the mastercard was used again on june 6 three times at another gas station in salt lake city and at a pilot flying travel center and a 7-eleven in sparks nevada too so she's just like deal with all this gas girl (laughs) (laughs) okay so after travis's death like before his body was discovered Mm -hmm. like jody had continued to call him and had left him several voice messages okay um because she's crying right it was later alleged that she had accessed his like voicemail messages after his death Mm -hmm. um she said that travis had originally planned to visit her in may 2008 but his plans had changed so she's like trying to make it look like it's not her by calling him and right and voicemails and checking his own voicemails like to make sure like they're on there so like she hacked in so that right you know what i mean yeah she wanted to make sure that her voice like real crazy like this is crazy crazy (laughs) ex-girlfriend yeah um (laughs) Like, calm down, girl. So on June 2nd, 2008, which was, you know, two days before, before yeah, Jody rented a white Ford Focus in California, about 100 miles away from her residence. And she had told the budget rent-a-car staff that she would only be driving the car locally. But when the car was returned on June 7th, it had been driven about 2,800 miles. (laughs) (laughs) It was oh, also in five days. She drove it two thousand miles. <laughs> okay, cry, cry. It was also missing all of its floor mats, and there was what <laughs> looked like a Kool Aid stain on the front and rear seats. Girl, that ain't Kool Aid. <laughs> and the car was cleaned before police were able to examine it because that's just all she had said. Like it looked like Kool Aid stain. They were like, "Oh, okay." Well, but then they were like, "Where's my car? floor mats?" <laughs> my motherfucking ass being the the person I am, if if you came and returned a car that you drove 2,800 miles after saying you were only going to drive it locally, no floor mats and two stains of red in the car, I'd be calling the police. I wouldn't just be like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then clean it. <laughs> right. They were like, this might be cool. And, and also where are the floor? Why? <laughs> you can't just do like, she got charged extra shit on her card (laughs) (laughs) go be paying a lot (laughs) you gotta buy all new floor mats (laughs) after finding the body a 25 caliber round was located near one of the sinks in the master bathroom which is really coincidental because that's the type of gun that went missing at her grandparents house Mm -hmm. and um travis 
like he had a damaged digital camera that was located in the downstairs washing machine. The camera was new though. Wait, the camera was in the washing machine? Okay, that will damage it for sure. Yeah, and it was new, <laughs> so clearly like, you know, just trying to kill some, break some stuff, I don't know. Um, well, the detective that was on the case had a phone interview with Jody before like she was brought in, you know, and he asked her if she knew a possible motive as to why someone would want to damage his camera, even though images were deleted. Okay. So the Mesa police department were able to actually recover the images and the recovered images included Jody and, and Travis both in sexually suggestive poses um at 1 40 p.m on june 4th 2008 oh it's not looking good for her and in the shower there was a picture Uh-oh. that was taken at 5 29 p.m on june 4th so she took some pictures of him in the shower too moments later like after the that time of the picture that was showed he was he was alive in that picture he was alive in that picture in the shower and then moments later images appear of an individual believed to be travis profusely bleeding on the floor oh no that would be a reason to delete pictures i would think if you're trying to get away with a murder (laughs) but you're doing a very very bad job at (laughs) right because she cried So, um, of course, you know, it's not looking good for her. (laughs) Also, okay, yes, you deleted these pictures and you threw the camera in the washing machine. Why would you not, like, break the camera? Like, why would you not just take the camera with you and break it and get rid of it? Right. Like, why leave it in the same motherfucking place? I mean, I'm not suggesting that what she did. Right. (laughs) No, not at all. And we're not trying to give people, like, ideas as to how to get away with things like this but that's just dumb dumb i mean you ain't let's be honest if you do things like this you ain't getting away with it no like no it's just not gonna happen but it's just crazy like the things that she's nuts so as they're doing more you know investigating on i I think they're pretty good on their investigation (laughs) oh but it's better it's better okay but as they're doing more investigating a bloody palm print was found in the bathroom hallway. Okay. How big is his house that he has a hallway in his master bedroom going to the bathroom? I don't know. I was just like, it's not usually a hallway connecting the two. I I wouldn't think. Mine just has a door that leads to the bathroom. I mean, I remember, so I lived in a really small rental like years and years ago that the master bedroom like there was a whole like it was weird it was like the closet was the hallway into the bathroom it was it was weird so like you walked through the hallway and it was your closet too so you go into the closet to go to the bathroom yeah it was a weird structure so it is a weird structure (laughs) thinking about it it was cool like I thought it was so cool looking because you know there was a built-in like dresser and stuff that's how come it was you know yeah consider the closet but I don't know I don't know how his was laid out I'm just trying to picture like a master bedroom that has a hallway that goes to the bathroom right that's all I could think about is like the way that mine was but I don't know anywho anywho that's not important (laughs) a bloody print was found um the DNA revealed to be a mixture of Jody's and Travis's DNA oh girl well, so Jody. They, so they got your pictures. They got your blood. Got your pictures. They got your blood. They got all this stuff. So that you know, they pull her in. They question her and all this stuff. Well, Jody continued to like insist that she had last seen Travis in April of two thousand eight. They're like, no, girl, we see you in this picture. Is this not you in this picture? She, she's like, oh no, no, that ain't me. That ain't me. Even though they're like um your DNA's on this handprint and girl you up in these photos that were taken on this day right <laughs> like how you gonna lie to me like that girl, it ain't looking good you lying and you lying bad <laughs> why do you love lying like you're not good at it 
a couple of people had also met Jody, uh, like in Utah when she said she was going to Arizona, you know, mm-hmm. uh, after the killing. And they said that she had bandages on her hands what? and that she wore like long sleeves on days when it was super, super hot. And they were confused as to why. Cause she, she had told- them defensive wounds all over her. Fucking right. She kept telling different stories about how she received the cuts on her hand. And she's like, it's just the- a paper cut. <laughs> it's just a paper cut. Just lots of paper cuts. I, I like crafts. <laughs> <laughs> I do paper mache. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so one of the, the people she was with, his name was Ryan Burns. He was told by her that they were an injury while working at Margaritaville, <laughs> oh. a restaurant that was not far from her. And at the trial, it was revealed by the county that they were going through in the trial or whatever that... There was no such restaurant in that area. <laughs> like it didn't even exist. So she just was like, oh yeah, I got it at the Margaritaville restaurant. She was that like, doesn't exist here. <laughs> she's like, what is that restaurant that Jimmy Buffett sings about? That's where I work. <laughs> in fact, at the yeah. <laughs> in fact, at the time of the killing, she worked at a Casa Ramos in okay. a completely different town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a weird just, thing like, to lie about. So she was just, that's what I was going to say. So she was just all in all a really, really bad liar. So bad at it. At least pick a place that exists if you're going to say you were there. Right. There was just so many things that like pointed to her because she just was not, she yeah, did not like clean the up pictures of her, her murdering him for one. Pictures of her murdering Yeah. I mean, that right there in itself, I would have been like, girl, you go into prison for a long time. A long time. I don't need any more explanations. Right. We got you. <laughs> we got you right here. It's like, that wasn't me. I was at Margaritaville when that happened. So, so we stupid. got the wrong person. So she was indicted by a grand jury on a first degree murder charge on yeah. July 9th. Okay. So, you know, a, a month after his body was found. Right. So they went, they went quick about it. That's good. Um, they arrested her at her grandparents' home on July 15th. And she was extradited to Arizona on September 5th, 2008, where she would plead not guilty on September 11th. By yeah. reason of insanity. <laughs> because she's dumb dumb. Okay. So she gave like three different accounts of her whereabouts too. Like, how do you, she couldn't even stick to one story. That's the really crazy thing about it. Like she's such a bad liar that she doesn't even remember how she lied the first time. What did I say again? No, I don't remember saying that. This is really where I was. <laughs> right. That was not me that said that because I so was here. She had originally told the police that she had not been in the home at the time of Travis's death. And like, then later we got on, pictures of you there even though yeah even though there's pictures you bet your blood is in there <laughs> <laughs> your blood pictures like all of it and then later on she tells the police that two intruders had broken into travis's home and that they <laughs> murdered him and attacked her and it was the same intruders that had broken into her grandparents home and stole her gun <laughs> And then later on, the third um, account was she stated that she killed him in self-defense and she was a victim of domestic oh, violence. Oh, shut your face. You can't throw that as the third one. You already, no. <laughs> you can't throw that as the third one. That's and so disrespectful to people that actually are victims of like domestic oh, violence. Say. That is so awful. Like you can't lie about that stuff. That stuff actually pisses me off. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Both men and women can be victims of, yeah, for sure, of domestic violence. And it really pisses me off. I'm a huge advocate for domestic violence. And it really pisses me off and rubs me really wrong when people claim to be a victim. Mm -hmm. And because it can ruin people's lives. Yes, for sure. It can ruin people's lives. And that really makes me so mad because for those that really are innocent and don't do anything wrong, one, it can ruin their lives. And for those that are going through it, it's very traumatic. Right. It's a traumatic experience to go through. It's 
it's just something that when you're put in that position, you really never imagined yourself going through that position. Right. And it's not okay for you to lie about it. It Like that shit pisses me off. So the fact that she's like, oh, I was never there. And then she was like, oh, two people broke in and tried to kill us. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, I did it in self-defense. Like go fuck yourself. Okay. Crazy crazy bitch. (laughs) So yeah, now we're going to get to the pre-trial. So in March, 2009, um, because of very many expressed concerns, very many, (laughs) very many, and I'm expressing it like that because that's exactly, that's exactly how I feel about it. Very many. (laughs) I have all the many concerns. I have all the many concerns. So many, very many. (laughs) Anyways, um, because of the expressed concerns about like the possible violation of victims' rights that were being held like in mitigation status conferences it was ordered that the appointed mitigation master was like relieved of further duties with limited expectation or exception sorry i don't i don't i don't know what you're saying i don't know what that sentence meant (laughs) what they're saying so i wrote all this because what they're saying is in may 2009 the court could not determine whether iq testing or competency screening had been previously ordered for Jody. They basically were saying that they thought she was stupid and that she could be tried as like not knowing better. That's bullshit. I mean, yes, she is dumb dumb, but she knows better. Yeah, she knows better. I mean, she knows enough to know that it looks bad if she's stalking him or it looks bad if she was there in the first place because she murdered him. Right. Like, she know if she knows it that looks it looks bad, bad that you're lying she, three different times. Right. If she knows that it looks bad that she was there and lies about it, then she knows to me, to what me, she was doing was wrong. Clearly she was at the understanding it was wrong because there's so many indications. One, you took pictures and you try to delete the evidence. Okay. And damage it. Two, you lied in three different instances in the same fucking, like, to the same department. Right. You gave three different lies. Three, you went and rented a car, took all of the freaking floor mats out, and had blood on you, clearly. Mm-hmm. Four, you fleed the state. Like, you met know. Up, you know. Met up with friends and, ha- and deliberately lied about marks on yourself Mm -hmm. knowing you did something wrong yeah you know you know this was wrong if you did all of that you wrong wrong girl (laughs) so um basically she takes an iq test right uh it goes through she's extremely competent (laughs) to (laughs) do all this right um and in January 2011, another defense filing detailed the efforts that Jody's attorney were, they were able to get text messages and emails that went back and forth with the two. Who, Jody and Um, her lawyer? No, Jody and Travis. Okay. So initially, the prosecution had told the defense attorneys that they were the prosecutees. Prosecutors no, told told the defense attorneys. They told the defense attorneys that they were not able, like there was no available text messages sent or received by Travis, and then was ordered to turn over several hundred emails and text messages. Like they were able to locate them and find them, and it didn't look good. So there was a lot of text messages to Travis from Jody, Jody, and emails <laughs> to Travis from Jody, but uh-huh. no. Like, no, it wasn't, he wasn't responding. He wasn't responding. She was just like being stalkerish. Yeah. Okay. 8,000 text messages were turned over that were like unanswered. Like, calm down, girl. You're looking a little needy and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just need to tone it down a little bit. So it was, it was just not, it wasn't looking good. It wasn't looking good. 
so then uh, we're going to go on to like the guilt phase of it to where like we're going into trial, right? So in opening arguments on January 2nd, 2013, um, the prosecutor sought the death penalty for her. Oh, shit. Okay. Right. Um, they argued that Travis's death was a justifiable homicide. He was defending himself. Yeah, clearly. there was de- defensive wounds all over him and right. her. <laughs> right. And then a man testified that Jody visited him in Utah on June 5th, which was the day after. And that she told him she had cut her hands on broken glass while working at a restaurant called Margaritaville. Well, then a detective testified no restaurant by that name had ever existed in the area that she said. Okay. And at the time, Jody was actually working at a different restaurant called Casa Ramos. Mm -hmm. Well, Jody later testifies that she cut her finger. She said, I had a bazillion margaritas to make. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Because that's what I do there. I just make all the margaritas. Apparently that's her dream job. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Okay, you do you, girl. So then the prosecution argues that since a 25 caliber round was found near his body. And he had been shot. And, <laughs> and a week before, a gun of the same caliber went missing during a burglary at her grandparents' house mm-hmm. where she lived. Right. Um that she had obviously staged the burglary and used the gun to kill him. So Jody took the stand in her own defense on February 4th, 2013, testifying for a total of 18 days. Oh my God. They let Eight, her talk for 18 days. 18 <laughs> days. So on the first day of her 18 day testimony, she told everyone of being violently abused by her parents when she was like around seven years old okay then she testified that she rented a car in Reading because of a budget website gave her two options and her brother lived in Reading and she was going to go and visit him okay on her second day on the stand Jody said that her sex life included whoa all in here for a reason i'm sorry why is she telling her entire life why are they first of all why are they letting her talk for 18 days about all of this <laughs> that doesn't pertain to anything agreed and i don't want to go into this but i have to go into this i don't think you have to i can i think you can just say inappropriate sex life things that she okay said. inappropriate sex life. <laughs> okay i wrote it all down but i don't we don't we don't need to hear all that just <laughs> so basically she says all this stuff right Jody said that her sex life um, was very open. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. She said, she said a lot of inappropriate things, but. A lot of inappropriate things. Okay. Now, um, while she considered some of the openness that she talked about uh-huh. <laughs> to be real sex, Travis did not um, because, you know, he believed that these forms of sexual activity uh we're not technically against the mormon rules so that's why he did certain things with her and not other things and then she eventually said that they did have like actual sex like and a phone sex (laughs) and i'll tell you why a phone sex tape was played in which travis said that he wanted to zip tie her to a tree while she was dressed as little red riding hood (laughs) okay i mean that's you do you, but like, right. and I'll tell you why, like, she's trying to play every angle in, in when she's testifying this. So she's like, oh, he was more, not so much like physically abusive, but he had me brainwashed into these types of things. Right. Well, she testified that Travis secretly found young boys and girls sexually attractive and then she tried to help him with these urges oh my god so she murdered the guy and now she's trying to drag his name through the dirt right okay cool so that's why it's very important for me to add every single aspect of it so then um jody testified that her relationship with travis became increasingly physical and emotionally abusive 
um, some of which caused Travis's sister to actually roll her eyes and shake her head in court. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jody said that Travis shook her while saying, I'm fucking sick of you. Um, then she said that he began screaming at me, after which he body slammed me on the floor at the foot of his bed and taunted her saying, don't act like that hurts before okay. he would call her a bitch and kicked her in the ribs. Okay. I'm sorry, bitch. But if you are texting and calling him 8,000 times and he's not responding, then clearly <laughs> he's not the abusive one. <laughs> Well, it's funny because after she says all this, Jody then said, he went to kick me again and I put my hand out. Well, Jody held up her left hand in the courtroom showing that her ring finger was crooked. Okay. Okay, cool. Right. Okay. That could have happened any way. Right. So according to Jody, the dysfunction of the relationship had um, just gotten increasingly worse when she killed Travis in self-defense after he became enraged following a day of sex and, gun and a gun accident, forcing her to fight for her life. Mm -hmm. So this was the third different account of how Travis's death had occurred that Jody had offered the police, you know? Right. Um, so it just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't looking like, good. It's, it's not a good look, girl. This is not cute. No. So um, she addressed you know, comments she made in September on a television interview um, saying that no jury is going to convict me because I am innocent. Oh my God. You can mark my words on that. Okay. <laughs> um, there's just like so many instances. It's crazy. Okay. So in closing arguments on May 4th, Jody's defense argued that the premeditation theory didn't make sense. Um, basically what happened in that moment in time, the relationship, the re relationship of chaos that ended in chaos as well. There's nothing about what happened on June 4th in that bathroom that looks planned. Okay. Uh, which I'm sure it wasn't necessarily planned for her, but could it be that after everything they went through in the relationship that she just snapped? Right. You know? Or she just snapped because she cried. <laughs> I just think she cried. But like she whatever. stalked the hell out of him, but okay. <laughs> right. Well, there's no evidence that he ever laid a hand on her, ever. Mm -hmm. Nothing indicates that um, there was anything less than this, like this was anything less than a slaughter. And there's no way to appease the woman who just wouldn't leave him alone. Like, why would she be there with a knife and a gun if it wasn't premeditated like I know so I've never understood that either so if it's not premeditated like okay it may not have been premeditated to actually go in there and murder him but she clearly had some kind of thoughts to do it because but, right she wouldn't have done what she like she wouldn't have brought a gun she wouldn't have had a like, knife she wouldn't have done any she of faked a break-in and stole the gun that she brought over there like it, that seems premeditated to me. <laughs> so on Jody's 18-day testimony. <laughs> oh my God, um, I forgot it was 18 days. <laughs> it it added to. I couldn't have been the judge. I would have just been like, "Can you stop, please? <laughs> like, can you stop talking? <laughs> it's Having been so 18, many days. <laughs> 18 days. So her 18-day testimony added very long defense portion of the guilt phase on the trial. So like, she saying that she wasn't guilty you know all this stuff right. um and it and it led to problems with the jury members because they couldn't you know decipher which one was true until on april 3rd a member of the jury was dismissed for misconduct because okay. i think he was getting pissed <laughs> yeah like i don't okay and the and the defense team actually asked for a mistrial because of this and the judge denied it yeah no so on april 12th another juror was excused for health reasons and then a third juror was dismissed on april 25th after being arrested for a dui offense oh shit <laughs> okay 
So all the jury members are just dropping like flies, which is not good in a case, you know? Right. So on May 8th, 2013, after 15 hours of deliberation, Jody was found guilty of first degree murder. Mm-hmm. Out of 12 jurors, five jurors found her guilty of first degree premeditated murder. Eh, murder. Mur. <laughs> Mur. <laughs> murder. Yeah. And uh, seven jurors found her guilty of both first degree premeditated murder and felony murder. So you're guilty of all the murders. Got it. All the murders. (laughs) As the guilty verdict was read, Jody struggled to repress tears. Oh my god! I know. As um, Travis's family smiled and hugged each other, like several people who had gathered outside the courtroom began celebrating by cheering and chanting and stuff. Right, because they're actually getting justice for their family member that was brutally murdered. Right. So of course, um, throughout you know, the trial and all that stuff. She, she does, um, push for appeals and stuff. So it goes through a penalty phase, which started on May 16th, 2013, which just a few days after her verdict, you know? Okay. So prosecutors called Travis's family members to offer victim impact statements in an effort to convince the jury that, you know, Jody's crime, did merit a death sentence okay so on may 21st 2013 jody offered um an allocation during which she pleaded for a life sentence instead okay and jody acknowledged that her plea for a life was a reversal of remarks she had made to a tv reporters shortly after she was convicted um she said she had preferred the death penalty to the tv reporters so why does she um, love lying <laughs> i know it's just so funny because everything just kind of comes back right right it keeps coming back well that's what happens when anybody lies if you lie it's going to come back and bite you in the ass so then she goes back to you know recant that statement she had made and said that she changed her mind to avoid bringing more pain to members of her family who were in the courtroom okay um <laughs> And at one point, she actually held up a white T-shirt with the word "survivor" written across it. Stop it! Oh telling God. the jurors that she would sell the clothing and donate all proceeds to victims of a, of domestic abuse. She is the worst. She's literally the worst. Yeah, she is. She okay. Is. Um. So on May twenty third, two thousand thirteen, the sentencing phase of Jody's trial. Uh, resulted in a hung juror promoting the judge to declare a mistrial for that phase and then after the mistrial was declared and the jury discharged the jury stated that he believed Jody was mentally abused but that had not been enough to excuse her crime <laughs> I, b- I believe that she was mentally abusing him by stalking the shit out of I, him that's what I'm saying <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying so like I mean it it's just a crazy freaking trial is what mm-hmm. it keeps on going. So on May 30th, a um, couple days later, the county attorney um, discussed the next steps at a news conference. Like he said he was confident an impartial jury could be seated, but it was possible that lawyers and victims' families would agree to scrap the trial in favor of a life sentence without parole. They're still going back and forth on whether they're going to you know, discard the death penalty with her or or call it a life sentence. So um, the penalty, the penalty phase of the trying trial was ongoing. And on October 22nd, 2013, Jody filed a motion requesting that NERMI be replaced as her lead counsel. So like another person. I was like, what's a NERMI? (laughs) I believe that, yeah, another person. (laughs) And Jody met with the prosecution to discuss a settlement on October 24th. So um, this is where the appeals start. She starts appealing everything. Um, May 20th, 2013, the defense attorneys file for another mistrial. May 29th, they declined to hear an appeal. 
and continue to push everything through. Like she is now, all of her appeals are getting thrown out the door. Sorry, I'm trying to like get it out. <laughs> I was like, use your words. It's crazy because during this whole trial and the, and the fact that it like just, it was such a quick trial, but it was also all of the motions that took place after the choir the trial were really quick too. Like the penalty phase was quick. The appeals being denied were quick. Everything was so quick that the media actually featured an episode of 48 hours, <laughs> like yeah. this being on 48 hours or whatever too. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's crazy. Like it was just such a crazy case that they just pushed it all through. Um, so in late January, 2013, we're going to go to like social media phase now, um, late January, 2013 artwork drawn by Jody began selling on eBay. Oh, don't buy her shit guys. So she was drawing in prison, right? <laughs> and the seller was her brother. Okay. He claimed that the profits went towards covering the family's travel expenses to the trial and better food for Jody while she was in jail. Better food. Okay. Better food. On May 9th, the Republic commented that Jody Arias's trial had been a social media magnet. And when Jody was convicted Wednesday of first degree murder, Twitter and Facebook exploded with reaction. She's getting like, publicity over this stuff right now, which is just like a big smack to travis's family's face right like let's not put her in the fucking limelight anymore take it away mm -hmm. take it away so i am now going to skip to the end of this episode but i'm gonna read some of the um statements that she made okay okay um, so we're going to start with when the fence, the defense, like was finally able to present its case and Jody took the spotlight. Mm -hmm. So among those listening were her mother, her aunt and Travis's family. Right. So Kirk is the Nermi defense lawyer or whatever. So we're just, who is? Kirk Nermi. Remember I said Nermi? Okay. Kirk. Yeah. Okay. So Kirk, I'm just going to call him Kirk because it's easier to say. Um, <laughs> okay. Kirk, did you kill Travis Alexander on June 4th, 2008? Jody. Yes, I did. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> she said it. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> Kirk, why? Jody, the simple answer is that he attacked me and I defended myself. Mm hmm. Jody, mm -hmm. I'm taking pictures of him. We were trying out different poses. And when I went to delete, to delete the photos, as I moved the camera, it slipped out of my hand. Kurt, what happens after you drop the camera? Jody, Travis slipped out and he stepped out of the shower and he lifted me up and he body slammed me again on the tile. Jody, <clears throat> I remember where he kept a gun, so I grabbed it. He went chasing me. I turned around. We were in the middle of the bathroom. I pointed it at him with both of my hands. I thought that would stop him, but he just kept running. I didn't even think I was holding the trigger. I was just pointing it at him. I didn't even know that I shot him. It just went off, and after I broke away from him, he said, fucking kill you, bitch. Okay, except that he was shot after he was killed. Exactly. <laughs> so try again, Jody. <laughs> about to say that. <laughs> um, Kurt, once you broke away from him, what do you remember? Jody, almost nothing. Almost. Kurt, <laughs> you remember stabbing Travis? Jody, I have no memory of stabbing him. And then she begins to sob. Oh my God. Kirk, do you remember dragging him across the floor? <laughs> Jody, no, I just remember screaming. I don't remember anything after that. There are many people that never remember the actual events. 
<laughs> oh, okay, thanks for letting us know how <laughs> there's many people that don't remember things. She's that like, is. just so you know, I don't remember, and this has happened to a lot of people, so it's not uncommon. <laughs> right. Kurt, do you believe he was alive? Jody, who was crying, said, mm -hmm. I didn't know, but I didn't think he was. I was scared, and I couldn't imagine calling 911 and telling them what I had just done. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then, um, prosecutor the prosecuting the prosecuting yeah said you did grant interviews to people from 48 hours didn't you and jody said yes juan is his name by the way what <laughs> prosecuting i'm just gonna call him prosecuting what is his name juan juan okay juan, juan the prosecuting juan i know it's not like that but i like saying it that way um so juan said there were two interviews, right? For 48 hours? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two interviews? Jody's like, yes. Juan goes, you lied to them, didn't you? Jody said, yes. <laughs> Why do you love lying? <laughs> Juan goes, nowhere in that, um, nowhere in that interview or in any of the interviews that you gave with 48 hours, did you ever indicate that you had memory loss, correct? Jody said, that's correct. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> One said, you say that you have memory problems, but it depends on the circumstance, right? Jody said, that's right. She said, yes, I do have selective memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> she dumbed up. Um, Juan goes, what factors influence your having a memory problem? Jody said, usually when men like you are screaming at me or grilling me or someone oh like Travis God. is the same. <laughs> Stop it. Juan goes, ma'am, were you crying when you were shooting him? Jody started crying and said, I don't remember. Oh my gosh. Juan, were you crying when you were stabbing him? I don't remember. How about when you cut his throat? Were you crying then? I don't know. And then the defense comes back and says, Kirk, or Kirk says, could you hold up your hand for us? So that to we see your see. crooked ass finger. <laughs> so Jody displays her crooked ass finger. Okay. Jody displays crooked ass finger. Okay. <laughs> Kirk, why didn't you call the police? I would have never called the police on Travis. I and walked I, in and, and I definitely wasn't going to call the police on myself after I murdered him. <laughs> I walked in and Travis started grabbing at something on the bed. It was a photograph. What was the photograph of? It was a picture of a little boy. He was dressed in underwear. Oh my he seemed very ashamed with himself. I'm you sorry. You saw him do that? That's a lie, isn't it, ma'am? I wish it was a lie. I'm sorry. Would they not have found the picture in his house when they? She a fucking lie, y'all. <laughs> like because lie. you know she wouldn't have taken it because she didn't take the fucking camera. <laughs> oh Lord! So basically, um, it just keeps going on and on. Like people can go and and research like, her. She's testimony. on the stand, and he's like, "You're lying to me right now, aren't you?" And she's like, "Yes." <laughs> I was about to say, if, if you guys want to read more about it, I just read like the, some yeah. of the highlights or whatever of the trial, but there's so much more and it's out there. So That's anybody crazy. that wants to read it, definitely go read it because you will just be like, I know when I was reading them, my, my jaw was just dropped and I was just thinking, how can somebody be so fucking stupid? Right? Because it, that's basically how it was. You're lying. Aren't you, ma'am? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I choose to not remember that I'm lying about this at this time. <laughs> so as of right now, um, she was, she was given life without parole, okay. but the death penalty is still available on the table. It is, it's still not, she's still not a death penalty it, case. It just hasn't been decided. Or but it has, it, but it still has not been closed. Okay. Um, it is fucking crazy. I just keep on thinking about how stupid this person could be, but whatever. Um, so so that she's, is, she's so many stupid. 
<laughs> yeah, that is the case of Jody and um, Travis. Well, Jody Arias and Travis Alexander. Um, I will say there's so so much more to it. I I gave you the briefcase, right? Obviously, but um, so you can go out there and read a lot of the news articles and stuff. But I want to read the transcripts from her. 18 day there was so much that's why I didn't put it all in there yeah you would be having about six different episodes just on this case right because it is crazy you go search them I'm telling even the listeners go search the transcripts of this case because it just floors me how this was still a trial going on because clearly it is straightforward like you have evidence against you bitch right but this should not have ever been a jury case either. I'm sorry. It should have never been a, it should have never gone to trial. Like there's no going to trial. You clearly did it. There's evidence against you. There's literal pictures of you killing. Like, you got caught, bitch. You got caught. There's literal pictures of you killing him. <laughs> and you fleeing Crazy. the fucking state. Crazy. Like, so I was confused because I was waiting for another Alexander to come up because I thought you said you were going to stop calling him Alexander because there's another Alexander in the story. (laughs) Did I say Alexander again? No, but I thought that's why you were going to call him Travis instead of Alexander. No, no, no. It just, it sounds like a first name. It does sound like a first name, but I just kept waiting for another Alexander to show. (laughs) I know. I just didn't want to confuse the listeners and be like, Travis, Alexander. Okay. So Alexander, this. Yeah. And then later accidentally say Travis or something. And yeah, yeah, it sounds like a first name. He had two first names, two first names. Yeah. It's all right. It's cool. That's fine. That's fine. But yeah, that's the case. She crazy. So basically your lesson here is um, when you break up with someone and they start stalking you, you should possibly call the police. I was like, go ahead and file a restraining <laughs> order. Okay. Just like, just- you should definitely take action and not, not take action and just tell your friends. You should definitely be calling the police. Because definitely don't, <laughs> definitely don't not take action. <laughs> Definitely don't not take action. That was a double negative, but just do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Take yeah. all the action that you need because I'm telling you right now, um, this is fucking nuts. And that goes for women too. If if you've got a crazy ex-boyfriend that does this, go file a restraining order and let the police know that he be stalking you. Any any crazy ex, y'all should y'all should speak up about that (laughs) also another thing that got me about this case was she complained that she was a victim of domestic violence and that he body slammed her but she had no problem killing him how did she kill him because um you cut his throat first you cut his throat first like it was already stated by the freaking um the medical examiner said that the medical examiner yeah that they believe the gunshot wound was after he was already dead and also, how does a body slam give you a crooked ass finger? <laughs> it doesn't give you a crooked ass finger, but I will say, uh, it does give you a it crooked could, yeah. ass finger. Yeah, it could. Can I tell you why? <laughs> I'll tell you why. He didn't get body slammed, but Gunner fell on his own finger. And yeah, broke he did. That was, <laughs> and was that was a crooked ass finger. <laughs> he literally just tripped, fell on the playground, and it was broke and going the opposite direction. So that was a it, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible it is possible but it's also possible that you got a crooked ass finger tripping and falling on it and it had nothing to do with him yeah i'm just saying people be crazy people be crazy and you should run away from people that are crazy yeah like real crazy like that's nuts i'm sorry but somebody that was i would have called the police when it got to the point where she was hacking my Facebook account and slashing my tires. Like, right, right, okay. Like, yeah. if I went to leave somewhere and my tires were slashed and I knew it was her, I'd be calling up the police and be making a report against her. I'd be like, hey, look at all of these text messages that she's sending me. Also, when you got like multiple phone calls, text messages, and emails from them and you're not responding and it's stalkery, yeah, go fucking file that shit. In fact, there's actually so many cases now that are that like go through the court system due to social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. So it's because everybody <clears throat> puts everything on there now. So like everything on social all media. kinds of evidence. So Just, much stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, i mean my that right there in its own that right there that right there so crazy all right so um sorry for the all over the place case but <laughs> it's a little all over the place it was but it was but i think it was i mean it was pretty self-explanatory <laughs> she'd be crazy she was crazy she killed him she stalked him and then killed him and then lied just, a lot <laughs> i just can't i i just can't fathom all the lies that she went through you guys have to definitely go read the transcript yeah i'm going to i'm interested all right well that is that follow on that us, follow us on all the stuff <laughs> what <laughs> what'd you say i said follow us on all the stuff oh i thought you said go listen to all the stuff i'm like what stuff <laughs> No, go follow us on all the stuff. <laughs> follow our stuff on the Facey Space and the Instagram and the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're so <laughs> awkward. I'm so awkward. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, let's be awkward. Let's then. continue being awkward. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>